0: Thanks Darrell. Good morning. You guys doing okay? We are so glad that you're with us. In fact if you're kind of new to us we are so overjoyed that you're here. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for being here and I know this has kind of been a a strange time timing wise. We've got small groups and we've got little tiny service at the end. It's just hard to get adjusted and stuff but man you've been here and we are so thankful you've been here and we're so glad you're here. If If you're new to us uh, what a privilege it is to have you with us. My name is Drew Klein. I'm one of the pastors here. And um, this has just been it has been awesome. I think we're down a little bit today. Uh, most of our people, I'm sure, are running in the marathon. I'm sure that's where they are. That's, uh, yeah. I'm sure that's where they, no. Um, we have some folks out today. But, uh, you know, it's, it's still a beautiful day for us to worship together as a body of Christ. Listen, if you've been in these groups, like at all, I mean, even just a little bit, then you know what's important to us as a church. You should be able to see through these uh, small groups, these books, what's important to us is discipleship, and it's important because it's important to Jesus, right? He said that he, uh, he wanted us to make disciples, that he would be with us, and so we don't want to just talk about that. We don't want to just do church. We really do want to be serious about that and do all that we can to make disciples. Hey, I want to do something real quick if we can. Miss um, Patsy, she's walking out. She, she's not feeling great. I'd like to pray for her real quick. Can we do that? I think there's power in prayer and when the body's together, I'd love to just take a moment, pray for Miss Patsy and pray that she feels better. She's not feeling good all of a sudden. Lord, we love you. God, thank you that we are a family. We are a body together and we, we love and, and want to care for her. Lord, we know that her heart is acting a little funny this morning. So God, we pray that uh, you would just calm her heart, that you would be with her body, Lord, whatever's going on there, Lord, would you uh, be with her? If she if she goes to the hospital now, would you give wisdom to those doctors and nurses, whatever's going on? May your peace be over her, and may your healing hand touch her even now as we pray in the name and in the power of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for doing that. I had talked to her before, and I knew that it was iffy if she was going to stay, so We'll just kind of keep her in our hearts and our our minds as uh, she goes to get that checked out. So if you've been around very long, you know that discipleship is a big deal to us, right? In fact, it's such a big deal, we put it in our vision and our mission statement. I want to show it to you this morning, and I want us to uh, kind of remember it, and it be something that stays in front of us, all right? It says, South City Church exists to love God and all people by becoming authentic disciples who make disciples For the glory of God and the good of the city. That's who we want to be, right? Because we believe when we're obedient to Jesus and we actually become the disciples he wants us to be, we actually get to live the life that he wanted us to live, the abundant life uh, in Christ that we can live if we know him and we love him and we serve him. So if you've been here very often, you know that, my hope is anyway, that you have a good understanding of what a disciple is. And even beyond that, that you have a good understanding of how to explain to somebody what a disciple is. We don't want to just be a church that does church. You just show up and we just go to church and we just have a church. No, we want to be disciples together growing deeper in in our lives in Christ. Um, We hope that there's a good chance over the last couple of weeks you've been thinking about, I have a clear conviction, right? You know what a conviction is, this deep belief that this is who I am. I have a a clear conviction, a deep belief that I am in Christ, that I know him and not just know him, that I serve him and I love him and I'm coming to know him more. A clear conviction of what that is, right? Um, Or maybe it's giving you a clear conviction of the fact that you're not a disciple. And you know what's cool is that's just as important for you to have a sense to know, you know what, this is not who I've been and some things need to change so that I can become who God wants me to be. Also, we want you to be able to see the difference. You know, we talked a while back about uh, what it means to be uh, to have a Christian worldview. What does it mean to, to focus everything we are, everything we do, where we spend our money, uh, in a way that honors Christ? And I think over this study, we've had a chance to be able to kind of get a sense of what that means. And when you really take a look at that, there are glaring differences, aren't they? The glaring differences in uh what it means to serve Christ and and that be everything that we are, right? That our Christian worldview affects everything that we do or know people who don't. There's a a big difference in the two, right? Uh, So as you talked this morning in your groups, talked about reshaping your life, right? I remember um, I did a Bible study uh, uh, years and years ago called Experiencing God. Anybody ever do that Bible study? Several of you. you. Some of you may remember this, but... In the Bible study, there was this thing. It was a little phrase that Blackaby used. It was called a crisis of belief. Remember that? That has always stuck with me because here's the reality. Every believer in Jesus, at some point in their lives, will come to a crisis of belief. This is what it means. It means there will be a point in your life, in your walk with Christ, where you go, okay, I'm going to go deeper or not. I'm going to follow Christ in discipleship or not. You remember the story we've talked about a couple of times, the the story of the rich young ruler. He he said he wanted to be a disciple of Christ. He said he wanted to follow Christ, and he was pretty confident in the things that he had done to get to that point. And Jesus told him, he said, well, just go and sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. Remember that? See, the rich young ruler had in that moment a crisis of belief. In other words... Jesus has kind of given me an ultimatum. He's told me, I- I've got to do this or I'm not going to be a disciple. That's what a crisis of belief is. And I faced it in my life. If you're a follower of Christ, you've already faced it or you will face it in your life. Where, where God is so clear in your own heart and your mind where you go, okay, there's some things that have to change. If I'm going to go deeper with Christ, if I'm going to know him more, if I'm going to serve him, if I'm going to love him, i got to make some changes. i got to reshape my life as the way the book put it. And some of you may even be feeling that today. So here's the questions, right, before we leave. What are the things that need to change? What are the things that the Lord is already stirring in your heart and in your life that need to change? What relationships need to change? For me, that was a big one because I had certain group of relationships that led me in one direction. And as long, not the boy band one direction like the other. See, that's lost on some of you, but some of you got it. It, it, it led me in a direction. When I was around a certain group of people, I did certain things that didn't honor God. And so I had to come to the place where I went, you know what? Uh, two plus two equals four. So I'm not going to be around this group of people, and maybe I won't dishonor God with my life. So it may be relationships that you have to change in order to honor Christ. Wait, what beliefs need to change? See, it's very easy to grow up in a church, and we believe certain things but as the more we know Christ, then we can uh, basically filter. We can look at what are those beliefs that are true from the Word of God and what are the beliefs that we've grown up with that are that are, that are secondary. We talked about it, I think it was last week in Romans 14. Right? There's some things that are primary of importance, and there's some things that are secondary. But if we make the secondary things primary, do you know what happens? We hurt people and we jack up churches. We tear the church apart when we make secondary things primary. We need to be really clear. What is primary? What 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 are we majoring on the majors about? And what do we need to minor on the minors? Because when we put them in the wrong place, things get bad. Things don't go well for us. What beliefs do we need to change? We talked about this in our life series. What habits need to change? Or do you have habits that a follower of Christ ought to have? What things In your life, do you need to start? Do you need to start reading some things more? Do you need to start praying more? Do you need to start serving people differently? It can be as simple and as um, relevant as washing the dishes. And the wives are like, "Uh, yeah, let's do that one. Let's do that one. Basically where you're saying, you know what, I want to serve my wife. Or I want to serve my husband. And I want to be an example of who Christ wants me to be. And if I can wash the dishes and serve her more and love her more and in so doing serve Christ, then let me do that. Like what are the things that we need to start and what are the things that we need to stop in order to be more of a believer in Christ, in order to serve him more with our lives, not just with our words. And here's another thing. Is there somebody in your life, is there somebody on your heart, even this morning, who doesn't know Jesus, somebody who doesn't know Christ. Because there's a good chance that that maybe you, after these six weeks, could say something, could direct them in such a way that they would come to know Christ. Right? And and it's not, we talked about this the other day in our our small group. It's not just that, you know, uh, you get to speak to somebody and all of a sudden they go, yes, today I'd like to become a Christian. Would you pray with me? And I'll become... It doesn't always happen like that. Sometimes what happens is you, you plant a seed of truth in someone's life and you say, hey, you know what? I, um, I want to plant this seed and I hope that it's, it's true for you and listen to what, this, what I've got to say. This is from the word of God. It's not my opinion. And you plant the seed of salvation in someone's life. Or sometimes you come along after somebody else planted that seed and you water it and they go, yeah, I've heard that before and God's really doing something in my life and helping me to try and see that that's true. Or maybe... You get to be the one that comes along, and by the grace of God, you get to harvest what somebody else has planted or watered, and you get to lead somebody to Jesus. It's not about the outcomes, right? The outcomes are what God is in charge of. We're not in charge of outcomes. What we have to do is just be obedient to be, to be obedient to God, to speak up where we speak up. Hey, what if, let me ask you this question. I just love this simple little book. This is a simple little six week book, okay? And here's the deal. Could you take this to work and go, hey, I don't know if anybody would want to um, do a thing, a little Bible study at lunch, but I've got this little six-week book. I'd love to kind of lead you in this. I'd love to kind of talk through a few of the things that are in here. Anybody interested? What if we were to do that? What if we were to make what we've been doing simple enough that you could take it to uh, the playground where your kids are playing with some other moms or to work or to the gym or whatever the place may be that God would lead you to be a witness for Christ, And to just lead this in a way that is authentic and real and simple. Because the truth is, over a half a million people in central Arkansas do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And they're not connected to a faith family. And having church services is not going to reach them. Okay? It will never reach them. We as believers, as disciples of Jesus, we have to go. We have to go. We have to speak. We have to be willing to say, hey, can I just share something? We have to do it in a winsome way. We can't uh, shove the gospel down somebody's throat either. we got to listen as much as we speak, right? we got to love. We have to pray, and we got to allow the Holy Spirit to do the work that only he can do. But this gives us a great framework to maybe start some of those conversations. And I want to encourage you to take your book and maybe consider doing that in some way. All right, so uh, a couple of last things here before we go. There's some things we need to change, some disciplines we need to start, and maybe God would even use us to take this book and do something in our work and stuff. Listen, the truth is most of American churches are very shallow in their understanding of the doctrine or or truth of who God is. Many churches are very shallow in that God's not calling us to a shallow understanding of his word. He wants us to go deeper. He wants us to go deeper. I know that. I believe that's true of his word, right? But the thing is, is we could never, you may say, well, I've been in the church all my life. I I know quite a bit. Well, that's great, but you could never exhaust the depths of God's truth, ever. No matter how long you've known him or no matter how much you know, you could never exhaust the depths of the truth of the riches of who God is. I know just in my own life in the last couple of years, I feel like God has taken me to this place where I've just, I'm learning so much more than I'd learned. I've been in ministry 27 years. So in some ways, I thought, hey, I got, I've, I've figured a lot of this out. God is teaching me so much more, and he wants to do that in all of our lives because we never graduate from discipleship. We never outgrow, oh, I learned that. I was a disciple years ago. No, we're all becoming disciples, and we all continue to learn if we'll, if we'll allow the Lord to teach us, right? Right? You're the one that's in charge. You get to say, I'm going to allow God, I'm going to follow him or not. And the prayer is that we would say, Lord, continue to teach me to know you and to serve you. Let's listen. Can we as a church just not be content with just doing church? Let's not be content with just doing church. Just go into church or maybe just sort of be associated with the church. It's not enough. And I want to read one scripture here before we go, and I want to tell you why it's not enough. This world is increasingly growing in an evil place. This world is is growing in such a way um, that we need to know Christ. We need to know him. We need to be mature in who he wants us to be so that we can discern what is good, what is evil, what is right, and what is wrong. Do you agree with that? So we need to know him more. We need to go deeper with him. This verse just says this. Verse 14, Hebrews 5, the writer says, But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. What he's saying is, as we mature, as we go deeper with Christ, God will give us more and more discernment. And as we practice that discernment, as we practice walking with Christ, as we practice going deeper with Christ, he helps us understand what's right and wrong, what's good and evil. Because, man, I'm seeing over and over, almost every uh, week, something come up that's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is happening in our world, in our country, in our state. And we need to know the word of God, and we need to know truth so that he can help us discern what is right and what is wrong. Last thing this morning, I I heard something somewhere. I think it's kind of a neat example. You know, the Treasury uh, of the United States, they train these people at the Treasury in such a, a neat way to be able to spot a counterfeit bill. You know what I mean? There's these people make these counterfeit bills and they think they just they'll spin them all over. And so what they do, the way they train them is this is this is how they train them. They only show them the real bill. They only let them study how the real bill is created and all the way it's all the things that go into the real bill. They they don't show them counterfeits. They show them the real thing so that when they see a counterfeit, they go, hey, something's not right. This this is not, this is, all of a sudden it just rings a bell in their mind, this is not what I'm used to. This is not right. That's exactly what God wants to do in us. He wants us to know him, to know his word, and to walk life with other people in such a way that when something counterfeit comes into our life, we go, wait a minute. I don't think that's of the word of God. I don't think that's who he wants me to be. I don't think that's what he wants me to believe or what he wants me to invest my time or my energy or my thoughts into. But we can only do that if we truly know the truth. If we truly know depth of who Christ is and what is important in his word. Then we can spot the counterfeit. And friends, listen, there's a lot of counterfeits today. There's a ton of counterfeits, and it's important. It is so important for your own walk with Christ, for your children, for your neighbors, for your friends, for your families, that we are able to spot them, that we're able to walk in the truth of who Jesus is, right? It's important. It's one of the reasons we're going through uh, the first principles, and we're going to continue to go through them in our small groups in ways. Well, praise God for what he's been doing in us, and I'm excited about next week. Next week is going to be... a special day for us here at South City, um, we're going to do some really cool things. Now, I want to remind you of a couple things before we go, okay? Next Sunday, we'll be back at our normal time, 1030, and some of your small groups might be meeting at 9, okay? Some of your small groups are going to go ahead and still meet, and they're going to push it back to 9. If you know about that, great. If you're going, I don't think they said it, then don't worry about it, just come in here at 1030 next week, Okay? But to make it a little more complicated, next Sunday is daylight savings time. <laughs> Woohoo! It's the fun one. It's the one we got to get up a little earlier for. So just set your spring forward, right? So make sure you set your clocks forward and, you, and you're here at 1030 and we'll begin our service. Unless your small group leader said, hey, why don't we meet at 9 and we'll talk and pray together and do some more small group stuff together. All right? Uh, next Sunday, I've told you, we're going to have baptisms. We're going to celebrate what God has done in the lives of several individuals that want to be baptized. That's beautiful. I'm very excited about that. Hey, listen, if if you're not one of the people on the list and you want to be, would you come up and talk with me? Just after the service, just go, hey, I'm thinking about being baptized. Even if you're just wondering about it and you want to ask some questions, I'd love to help you answer that question and, and help you lead you in that direction, okay? If you want to be baptized or you have a plan or you don't have a plan, come up and talk to me and let's determine whether or not you're ready for that, okay? That would be awesome, and it's going to be a beautiful service next week with baptisms. We're also going to have some stories. People are going to share their stories about kind of how God has been changing them. We're going to have an open mic, and so it's going to be a beautiful time of the body of Christ sharing different things throughout the service. We're also going to pray together, something that I I feel very strongly about in the last couple of days especially. I just want us to begin to really pray for uh, our Easter services, for Good Friday services, I want want the Lord to to draw people to himself through our church. It doesn't happen through us. It happens through the power of God and the spirit of God. And so we want to pray and ask that he brings the people in that he wants to come in, okay? Uh, And then lastly, let me just give you this last little bit of information. Next next Saturday, I should say, uh, six days from now, we're going to have a work day here at the church. All right? It's going to go from 9 to 12. Next Saturday... Here at the church. So if you're where you can work in the garden or work and pull some weeds and clean up some things, if it's pretty weather, if it's sunny, we want to straighten up around the church and prepare our campus for Easter. So if you have a few hours, a couple hours you can come give to us, awesome. That would be great. Okay? Uh, Because this is a big place. that needs a lot of work. But uh, the next thing is on Sunday, one week from today, there's a big concert going on called Winter Jam. Anybody ever heard of Winter Jam? Those are like contemporary Christian music, there's a big concert called Winter Jam. If you're interested in going to that concert at the Verizon Arena, we're trying to get a sense of how many people are going to go. We might take a bus down there. We might take some of our kids. And so if you're interested in that, come talk to me. We want to get kind of a count of who's interested in going together for that concert, okay? That's pretty much it. Anybody got anything else? All right. Do what? Food pantry is tomorrow night. Yes. If you're going to serve, please be here around 4.30 or 5. Is that okay, Brenda, about that time? All right, Food Pantry tomorrow night. And God, he's doing still so much over there. It would be beautiful if you want to come work with us on that. All right, well, thank you for being with us. We're so, so excited to be kind of wrapping this season up. We're going to now go into five weeks of our regular time through Easter. It's going to be a great five weeks, and we're excited. Begin to invite your friends to come, and let's see what only God can do through you, through South City. Can I pray for us? Lord, we love you. We give you our lives. We give you our church. God, would you please do what only you can do in and through us? Not for us, God. Not for any way for, we, for us to pat ourselves on the back for some weird reason. But, Lord, so that you would receive glory. God, so that people would come to know you, that they would find the truth of who you are. Lord, that would be such a joy to lead them to knowing you. And I pray that you would, even now, Lord, as I pray, you begin to draw people to South City. And to other churches around the city so that they would know you and serve you. God, life in you, there's nothing like it. And I pray that people would find that hope and that truth in who you are. God, we love you. We give you this day. We give you this next week with all the things that are going on. Please lead us and direct us. Please be with Miss Patsy right now as she's going to the hospital. Would you please watch over her, protect her life, uh, give her your peace. It's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a good Sunday.